This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice. Rejoices. I need you to rejoice and be glad in it. For this day God has created, he's spared us for this moment and spared this moment for us. So we're occupying this space in Christ. You are uh, now converting and transforming homes, apartments, uh, condos, wherever you may occupy, into sanctuaries. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And, and just begin to sense the presence and the power of God. I know you've been worshiping. I know you brought your families together. I know you all have, uh, you know, just, you know, earmarked the time. I, I know you're focused and dialed in right now. That's what we need. We need to come before our God with thanksgiving, with praise, with love, with, with passion uh, for, for, for worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Come on now. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. This is a beautiful day in spite of what's going on. If you got the breath of life, if you got hope, if you got a, a shelter, if you got a, a morsel of food, say thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We want to uh, commend to your prayer uh, persons who are going through right now. Uh, Sister Pamela Geis and her husband, they've lost several members of their family. You know, uh, aunts and uncles and co a cousin uh, located in uh, New York, Detroit, Birmingham. So, so we want to pray for that family, for Sister Tanya Badger, who's recovering, who's sick and recovering in the name of Jesus, for Sister Alma Holder, who's, who's recovering in the name of Jesus. Bring recovery. Amen. We always send out to you uh, an email. And if you're not receiving your email, email us, info at rejoicingthelord.org, info at rejoicingthelord.org, so that we can email out to you the outlines for these messages, the scriptural outlines and further instructions about how to give online and the different uh, portals that are available to watch this. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Listen, we, this is what we have, a virtual environment. So let's make the most of it. Share it. Like it. Sponsor watch parties. Make a comment. Make sure that you chime in to the service on time. You know, it's, it's just, the worship is pre-recorded, but it's only 15 minutes or so, 15, 15, 20 minutes or so. Be there on time so that you can partake of the whole brunt of the worship experience so that we can worship our God. Amen. So I'm going to ask you where you are to bow your heads. Let's go to God in prayer for a few moments. Eternal God, our Father, we come before your presence with thanksgiving in our hearts. We ask you to come in and bless and strengthen and guide and go before us. We ask, Lord God, that you would uh, alleviate our fears and our doubts. And in the name of Jesus, allow us to overcome boredom or, or even fatigue and, and, uh, and being frustrated or irritated, agitated in the name of Jesus. Allow your people to experience peace and joy and hope and love and laughter even in this season. Allow your people, Lord God, to overcome and being discontent or disappointed, to overcome that and experience deliverance, to overcome it all and be able to come out of despair and depression and economic issues, Lord God, because we know that you are our security and that your promise is to prosper and to bless and to go with us, Lord God. So go with these, your children. Touch them in a special way. Rid them of insecurities and, uh, and uh, loneliness in the name of Jesus. Minister to households and families and minister to the, the, the parents who are taking on this new role of, of tutoring and educating and interfacing more so with the teachers and the educational system and learning how to manage a new day, Lord God, in their homes. But also, Lord God, allow them to be also able to impart your wisdom, your knowledge, to impart a relationship with you so that our children might know you and love you and serve you and commit to you and connect to you and embrace you in the name of Jesus. Manifest your power. Allow salvations to occur. Allow closer relationships to be engendered. Allow your power and your anointing to fall fresh upon the land. Please lead, guide, and direct governmental leaders and business leaders and those who 
or decision makers and in the name of Jesus that proper decisions might be made worldwide in terms of when to uh, you know re-engage when to open up the economy and uh, allow Lord God to adhere to uh, the instructions for social distancing and all the other things Lord God that help to keep us safe in this season allow uh, an expedited therapy to occur allow an expedited vaccine to occur Lord God and allow your power to be made manifest in this season touch people's lives and draw folk closer to you is our prayer in the name of Jesus minister to those who are especially vulnerable the homeless the incarcerated the the unborn the elderly in the name of Jesus minister to those who are especially grief stricken minister to those Lord God who are you know, most susceptible to this, those with uh, pre-existing conditions and things of that nature, Lord God, please go before us, meet needs, touch lives, allow your word to engage us, allow your word to empower us, allow your word to positively affect us in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, amen. Amen. You know, we're talking about having peace in the midst of the storm, amen? That's the series we're in, and, and uh, there's a, the passage that uh, guides us in this series. It's Matthew's gospel, the 14th chapter, uh, verses uh, 22 and 32, amen? Uh, through 32, it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Isn't that powerful? But when the disciples saw him, Walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered, Lord, if it's you, can't command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. When he saw the wind, he was afraid, and, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out to his, his hand and took hold of him, saving him, and saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And I like verse 30, 33 also, it says, and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. This is the first instance in scripture that Jesus is worshiped. Amen. So we're thankful to God for this opportunity to share from the word of God. You know, God is not uh, surprised by storms, uh, atmospheric systems, uh, God created God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, in the initial design of our, work, of our occupancy in the planet, we were uh, closed off from any hurt, harm, or danger. Uh, we were in a bubble, if you will, in paradise. But because of the curse, we've been exposed. We've been exposed to a lot. And so, some things are, that we're exposed to are things that we make manifest in the world a hurt, harm, a danger. Other things are part of nature that's been unleashed and nature is no longer friendly. And, and so as a result, we've come through thousands of years having to manage peril, danger, uh, some, in some instances predators and so forth. So, so we've come through the, that time and we're now in a present era where we still have to deal with death and dying, death and dying. 
This isn't new, you know, people die from diabetes, people die from high blood pressure, people die from heart disease, people die from all kinds of diseases and ailments, people die in accidents, people die in car accidents, plane crashes, uh, train wrecks, on down the line. It's, it's, it's incidences that happen and occur that, uh, that hurry death. Unfortunately, people die because of, you know, diseases, DNA issues, and and inherited things that can occur. But the bottom line is God has prepared us for death through his death and through his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, the word of God says that Jesus has taken the sting out of death. That's good news. And for those who are followers of his, he gives us the power and the wherewithal to manage our circumstances. Death, dying, disappointment, difficulty. He gives us the power to manage it all. Amen, somebody. Listen, listen. I know that God is in the midst, even in this season. I can feel his presence in this place. I pray that you feel his presence in your home. But God is near because his promises are sure. He said, I'll always be with you. I'll never forsake you. The question is, do you believe him? Do you accept him? Do you embrace him? Uh, Are you willing to commit to him? But he's here. And he's here fighting our battles, helping us through the storms. You know, storms hit. And in this, in this instance, Jesus actually sent the disciples into the storm. He sent them. Uh, while they were, you know, out on uh, the seas and the winds and the rains and the tumultuous winds were raging, Jesus was on the mountaintop praying. That's pretty powerful. He stealed away sent them into the storm, and he's praying. They're, you know, they're supposed to have about an hour uh, boat ride. They've been on uh, that sea in the waging winds for many hours, unable to get to a peaceful shore. You know, but you got you to gotta give, it, give it to them. They were persistent. They didn't turn back. You know, <laughs> they didn't retreat. They, they, they kept the course, even though they were swayed by the winds and the tumultuous rains, they kept the course. And in the midst of that, being on that, that windy and rainy roller coaster ride, if you will, uh, Jesus comes to them. Isn't that something? That Jesus is willing to come to us in the midst of the storms of life. You know, and, 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 and when we're fighting, sometimes when we're losing the battle, sometimes when we experience loss, or we experience trouble in the midst of our struggles. You know, the civil rights era, it was called, you know, by some, the struggle. You know, the struggle, the struggle to overcome oppression, the struggle to overcome subjugation, the struggle to overcome segregation, the struggle to overcome inequality, the struggle to overcome injustices. But there was a tenacity alive. I, I believe that birth through spirituality for people who are on the front lines fighting to believe that this would pass. It took time for slavery and segregation and things of that nature to pass, but it did pass. We're still fighting and we will be fighting until Jesus comes again for equality and justice and fairness to be alive in all sectors of our society. But it takes tenacity and stick to itness to know that God will bring us through that we do have battles, that we do struggle, that fear, doubt, and a shout does happen. A shout, a shout of fear, a shout shout of trepidation, a shout of frustration. Those things happen, but God brings us out of the fear, out of the doubt, and out of the shout. So the question is, I'm sure the disciples had this question, where is Jesus? Where is he? Amen. Where is he? Well, when they're in the storm, the word of God says that, that he is praying on the mountainside. In Romans 8 and 34, the word says, Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So, so when we're in trouble, when we're experiencing trauma, guess what Jesus is doing? He's praying. Mm. I don't know about you, but that's good news to know that the one that can pray a perfect prayer is praying, to know that the one that 
that can get a prayer through is praying. Um, to know that the one who is truly our advocate is praying. To know that he's on the battlefield for us, making intercession on our behalf. He's serving. He's just discontinued his serving for that day, and he continues in the struggle by praying. Amen. He's praying on the mountainside. So the first point that I want you to get in this message is that Jesus intercedes. Jesus intercedes. Jesus is our advocate. And he intercedes better than, than anybody else possibly could because he's been through everything that we could possibly go through. Sorrows, sadness, sickness. Amen. Being tortured and tormented, undergoing anguish, even dying and overcoming death. So he's our model. He's the epitome of where we're going. He's, he's, he's our example, praise God. And through him, we get an assurance that everything, somebody say everything, everything is going to be all right. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the problem is that some have espoused a faith that says that somehow we're going to go through life storm-free. You know, there is not a storm-free existence. There is, we are not exempt from, from potential hardship. There are times uh, ebb and flow when we prosper and times when we go into a valley of despair. But there will be ups, downs, highs, lows, and so forth. So we have to, first of all, understand that we're not exempt. We don't bypass trouble, trauma, difficulty, danger. Amen. We're not exempt from losing. We lose. I mean, sometimes when I'm, I mean, to use a simple analogy, sometimes when I'm praying, I'm praying for... <laughs> You know, you know, I may have a favorite team, and I'm praying that my team to win. Guess what? My team may still lose. We still lose. I'm, 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 I'm believing God for that next promotion, and I lose that promotion to the next man or the next woman. So we still lose. We don't always win. Uh, we're not exempt. You know, sometimes uh, we, we, we uh, suffer loss. We suffer setbacks. Uh, sometimes we, we fail exams. Sometimes, you know, in spite of my being a Christian, I may still be infertile, unable to have a baby. Uh, in, in spite of my being a Christian, I may succumb to disease. So we're not exempt from any hardship or any inherent issues or problems that the world experiences. But what we are exempt from is the same responses and reactions. We're not like the world. The light of Jesus Christ is a lie in us. Storms, in other words, are inevitable. They're coming. Sometimes they come, you know, not of our own making, like this virus, or sometimes we create the storm. We, we create the storm by, by drinking too much. We create the storm by, through addictions and disorders. We, we, we create the, 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 the storms through dysfunction, hanging, out, hanging, around, hanging around the, the, the wrong crowd, we can create the storm by, by succumbing to, you know, criminal uh, mindsets and con artists kind of, kind of mindsets. Have mercy, Lord. We can create our own storms by the choices that we make. But in the midst of the storm, God comes in. Uh, you know, we can cr create the storms through overindulgence of anything. Amen. So we're told by Jesus, like Jesus told the disciples, to go, to sail, head on into the storm. We're told to go forward, to move forward, to keep moving, and I'm still with you. Now, that takes faith, but the Word of God says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So it's important that we understand we got to have faith, praise God. So God leads us into faith. And very few times, maybe, you know, once in a generation, we get in the same boat. I mentioned this earlier that that we can, we can get in the same boat every now and then, and we can be getting punched and tossed and knocked down at the same time. The world is experiencing this pandemic. The world is in the same boat. And when we're in the same boat, it evokes mass empathy, sympathy, concern, and hopefully some love and compassion. Amen? In this season, this is not the season for the survival of the fittest. It is not a season for every man for himself. It is not a season that, that we become selfish and, and uh, you know, and, 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 and totally involved and invested in our own interests. This is the season when we open up our minds and hearts. This is the season where we have 
a passionate concern for the least of these, the last, the lost, and our neighbors. This is a season where we open up. And God, you know, can take this season and teach us how to love. He can take this season and teach us how to have an interest in others other than ourselves. In this culture of, of a rugged and uh, individualism, a, 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 a pursuit of happiness and prosperity doggedly, you know, even to the, to the point of it becoming an idol. More money, more money, more money, more bling, more things, more pleasure, you know, no, more prosperity, just more and more. You know, in seasons, there are seasons when God begins to, to, to partially level the playing field. Amen, somebody. And in those seasons, a couple things can happen. Solidarity can happen and mutual sacrifice. So the question is, in this rare once-in-a-generation time and season, can we have solidarity? Can the people of God come together? Can we unify? Can we be on the same page? Can we march according to a different drummer? Can we do what God is calling us to do in spite of our own agendas, our own itineraries, our own schedules, our own preferences, our own priorities? Can we prioritize the things of God even in this season? Because God first speaks to the righteous. God first speaks to those who've been made righteous by Jesus the Christ, who've been blood bought and washed in the blood of the Lamb. Those who know Jesus and have experienced him, those who have been born again and filled with the Spirit, he begins to resensitize us. He begins to reprioritize us. He begins to help us understand the mutual threats that we have. The nation, the world, is acknowledging a mutual threat. So the question is, can we pass the mutual test so that we can overcome the mutual threat? Amen? To overcome a segregated mindset, to overcome a segmented line mindset, to overcome a factionalized interest, to overcome, you know, the interest to politicize something when it comes to life and death and health and wholeness. God wants us to have a different mindset. So Jesus, thank you, Jesus, he is willing to intercede. And he helps us to overcome fears. Amen. When, when, when disciples saw Jesus uh, headed toward them, walking on the water, their first reaction was fear and trepidation. They were scared to death. You hear me? And they said they thought it was a ghost, you know, an aberration, you know, a hank. Something, 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 something ominous and fearful was coming at them. And you know, sometimes that's how people treat the faith, like it's a ghost, something fearful, something spooky coming at them, you know. And the faith ain't spooky. Sometimes the faith is espoused by spooky people. Can I get a witness? You know, we're the ones who make the faith spooky and strange and inaccessible and and, and, and we're the ones who make it suspicious of, to other people. If we were to live out the faith according to the word, not our own brand and version of the faith, we would see people being attracted to the faith. Even in this season, this is not, this is not a season of condemnation and judgment. That's not what season this is. Amen? Matter of fact, God said we're not supposed to be the judges anyway. We're supposed to be the ones bringing compassion and love and joy and extending that olive branch to the rest of the world. We're supposed to be making the faith attractive right now. Why? Because of our temperament, our disposition, our, our, our attitude, our responses to what's happening. Our, our responses are responses of faith. Our responses are responses of love. Our responses are responses of gentleness in the midst of the rambunctiousness that's happening in the world. But Fear will prevail if we don't let Jesus come in. Jesus declares, pronounces, and announces, fear be gone. Do not be afraid. That's what he said to the disciples. Amen? So, so we got to stop, you know, sharing the faith like it's something to be afraid of. No, it's something that empowers. It's something, it's something that equips. It's something that that enlivens. It's something that refreshes and rejuvenates. It's something that rebuilds and inspires. Amen, somebody. I'm so, I'm so excited about my faith inspiring me in this season. I'm so excited about my faith 
being alive in this season. So because of my, my faith is alive, it begins to alleviate fears, the fear of the invisible. You know, this virus, it is a uh, invisible, it's invisible to the naked eye, just like God is. Now the question is, which invisible force are you going to put your faith in? Amen. Are you going to allow your faith to prevail or are you going to allow your fear to prevail? They're both invisible, you know, which ought to be another case for God. Things attacking us that's invisible. The unseen danger, you know, the administration called it the invisible enemy. But God has given us the power to overcome every enemy, every enemy. He has given us the power to overcome any weapon that is fashioned or formed against us, praise God. So, so Jesus is simply inviting us. The second point I want to make is that Jesus is simply inviting us uh, uh, to, 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 to focus on him. Amen. To focus on him. To focus on him. Jesus wants to redirect our attention. The third point, Jesus wants to redirect our attention. Listen, in Acts 7 and 55 it says, But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. See, that's good news that Jesus is at the right hand of God. The word of God says make an intercession on our behalf. He's interceding on our behalf. He's being an advocate on our behalf, praise God. He's looking out for us. And then in Hebrews 12 and 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight because we have each other because we're Christian community because we have you know tethered tethered to other Christians and connections with those who are of the household of faith we don't have to be fearful or fretful there's a great cloud of witnesses uh, you know surrounding us let us also lay aside the weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run the word of God says with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus Somebody say, look into Jesus. In other words, you'll focus on Jesus. He invites us to focus on him. The founder, the word says, and the perfecter of our faith. Amen. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus is truly the Prince of Peace. Jesus is truly the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So we look to him. Is interceding on our behalf. You know, I, unfortunately, I think we're, we're a little confused about what intercession really is. One of the things that you've learned when you study the Bible is how to pray the word and how to pray the promises of God. And unfortunately, that's not always our prayer. You know, we got, we got self-interest-oriented prayers. We got situational and circumstantial, circumstances-driven prayers. And uh, Jesus, I believe he's praying a little differently than what we anticipate. Amen. He says he's praying for us. I, I just thought, Lord, give me a spiritual imagination to help me, you know, understand how you're praying in this season. So uh, somebody might be praying, Lord, give me back my job. <laughs> Listen, that, you know, that's a legitimate prayer. You know, I, I'm, I'm not saying that's not a legitimate prayer, but, but think about how, how, how Jesus would look at it. He would, he, he'd probably say, give them what they need today. Show them that they will never leave, that I will never leave them or forsake them. See, see, the word says in the Lord's prayer, it says, give, them, give, give us our daily bread. So, so, so he said, look, your needs are being re- met. You know, yes, I'll provide you with a job, but don't let that be such a helmet fire where you get paralyzed in the moment because you've lost your job for a season. Is he going to meet your needs? That's the question. Or is the supply going to be available? Or is he going to send provisions? That's the question. And he says, give them what they need today. Amen, somebody. And, and, and you know, who knows? God may have a better job for you coming out of this. God may elevate you coming out of this. God may prosper you even more coming out of this. So have faith. Amen. You know, some, somebody praying, Lord, 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 please, please, Lord, please, Lord. Take my kids back to school. <laughs> Amen. These bad, have mercy, Lord, calling your own children bad. These bad children. 
I can't get a handle on this. I'm not a certified teacher. I can't manage this. I can't manage the technology, the portals, and the behavior. Then on top of that, I'm trying to work, and they're distracting me, and they're running wild. Lord, have mercy. Take these children back to school. I believe Jesus may be praying something like this. Lord, teach their children the word of God. Let them write it on the, on the tablets of their hearts. Take, take away the distractions so that they see their children the way I do. See, see we got to learn how to love our children the right way. Not just fuss at them. Not just bark out marching orders. But to show love and compassion and patience and sensitivity and gentleness and kindness. Amen, somebody. To be able to endure, which means to have, be able to, to suffer a bit and manage the circumstances in spite of the circumstances. I would, I would submit in days gone by, you know, homeschooling was, that's it. That's what people did, period. Before this educational system came into place, we were responsible for the full and complete development of our children. For a season, let's get back to it. Let's enjoy it. Let's appreciate it. Let's embrace it. Amen. As opposed to being distracted by the love, what should be the love of our lives. We should love God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. Love our families. Love our children. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. He's sending children on his lap. He's saying, hey, they're not a distraction. They're not, they're not a problem. They're not an issue. Don't, 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 don't invite them out of the meeting. Don't act like they're unimportant. I, I, I have to focus, and I'm challenging you to focus your attention. You know, be like a laser beam. Problem is, we've been too distracted. Problem is, we've been alleviated. We've been relieved of responsibility, and God says, take it on and watch me do something special. Somebody say, well, give, give, me, that, give me that PPP you know, loan for my business, you know, that paycheck protection plan, loan for my business. And God might be saying, increase their faith so that they rely on me, not exclusively their business, for their needs to be met. Amen. So, so he would say, turn your attention toward me. Focus on me. Give me, uh, you know, let me take hold of your life for this season. Praise God. So, so his prayer may not be as, 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 like, like we think it would be. Some, somebody said, well, well, give me some space from my spouse because we can't get along. Amen, somebody. You know, I'm just tired. You're talking about some social distancing? I need to social distance from my husband. I need, a social, I need some more social distance from my wife. They're getting on my last nerve. I don't like the way he eat and chew his food. You know, I ain't never been around him this much for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks. I got an issue. <laughs> you know, I, I don't like to wait, whatever it may be. So we, we got all these issues that we're dealing with in relationship. And, and God would be praying, make them one. And show them the true purpose for their marriages. And, and that, that they know that their marriages are, are supposed to be designed to glorify me and expand the kingdom of God. Glorify me and expand the kingdom of God. So, so the mindset would change about the real purpose for marriage. And, and, and real purpose when it's engaged in the right way will change your mindset. Will give you more tolerance and patience and peace and joy as opposed to, listen, we need some social distancing. Amen? You know, all up in my grill. Well, no, no, no. We need to change our mindset and ask God to open doors where we can relate to each other. We can communicate. We can deal with solving issues that's been behind the scenes for a while, that's been pushed down for a while, and solving those issues in love, in gentleness, and in kindness. Relationship is not easy. Amen, somebody. But God gives us the power to connect and reconnect. Amen. Somebody might be praying, Lord, please get rid of this social distancing so that, so that we won't be bored and at home and so we can go out here and make this money again. We, we, we're in fear that our needs won't be met. Amen. And, and God might be praying, draw them closer to me so that, that, that any time of quiet, when any time of quiet occurs that is filled with worship, that is filled with prayer, that is filled with praise, that is filled with the study of the word of God, 
that is filled with an opportunity for a person to reinvent themselves, to repurpose themselves, to think about what they might be, might be doing to prosper in the next season, you know, so that they might study in another way or study some other interests or do research to develop another business. Amen, somebody. There are some new businesses that are going to be birthed in this season. So the question is, are you going to be ahead of the curve? Are you going to be right in there when the time comes? People are going to come out of this season prospering even more because they made the injustice. They made the transition. They reinvented themselves. They, they sought God. And we need to seek God for direction and guidance in this season about what our next steps and stages are. Don't get stuck in the past. You know, the word says press on, press forward, move forward in the name of Jesus the Christ. So he's calling us to reinvent ourselves. Amen. Get rid of this social distance. You need to learn how to pray in this season. Learn how to praise in this season. Learn how to worship at home. Those who worship at home do a whole different kind of worship when they come to the church because they've already been practicing. They've already been engaged. They've already been inspired by God to worship. Amen. Somebody's saying, well, I, I have an essential job, and, and Lord, I'm, a, I'm tired, and I'm afraid. And I can hear Jesus teach them to rely on me for their strength, Lord God. Teach them and show them the blessing of their work and allow them to know that I can protect them from any hurt, harm, or danger. Allow them to realize the privilege of serving and helping others in the name of Jesus. Jesus got a whole different prayer going on. We got, we got a prayer that's about inconvenience. We got a prayer about, you know, what, what our preferences are. We got a prayer about what the past used to be. But you know something? You can't enter in and engage the past again. You got to move into the future. And with the power of God, we can move into a preferable future in Christ. Amen, somebody. So he can help us to overcome the fear. He can reboot our thought life. The word says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen, somebody. In Luke 22, 32, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. In other words, when I fill you with faith, I'm filling you with faith so that you can strengthen and bless somebody else, so that you can bring somebody else to faith, so that healing can occur in the land. Amen? So, so, so I'm sure uh, Jesus is on the throne, and he's praying, and he's praying for the healing of the nation. He's praying that people would humble themselves and pray and ask for my help. And then he says, I'll come in and heal the land, praise God. Somebody said, well, I'm afraid. And Jesus is saying, show them that I have given them a spirit. I have not given them a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. See, Jesus is interceding on our behalf. I'm the one that brings health. I'm the one that brings healing. I'm the one that brings economic prosperity. I'm the one that dispenses what you need when you need it. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, well, I need my needs met. Well, God, Jesus is saying, well, are you confused? Is it your needs or is it your greeds? He, he, the word says he'll meet our needs according to his riches and glory. But too often, avarice, greed, hoarding, it's so much of the art of the day in, until we can't hardly stop, you know, the next purchase. Amazon ain't just delivering mere necessities. Amazon dropping off all kinds of stuff. Can I get a witness in the house? So God wants us to understand, I'm with you. I love you. And in this season, be prudent and frugal and careful and prayerful because, you know, I'm, I'm in the midst, but I want you to make the proper choices in this season. Amen, somebody. So he's directing our path. Amen. Isaiah, I love the fact that the word of God says when, when they did find out it was Jesus and Jesus was walking on the water and Jesus began to calm the storm, the word of God says they began to worship Jesus. Amen. And Isaiah 49, 13, it says, Sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt or break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. That's what he does. When we worship, he it invokes compassion in him to, to meet the needs of the afflicted. Amen. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So God is in the midst. He's blessing right now, and we are thankful. So Jesus, number three, redirects our attention on him and away from ourselves and away from others, and he facilitates us coming to, into his presence with worship in our hearts. The last thing is fourthly, you know, I'm not, I mean, we're still moving on on these points. It's Jesus intervenes. He's an advocate. You know, sometimes we want God to do this macro intervention, but you know, most times he does micro in intervention. In other words, household to household, person to person. You know, sometimes we, we want him to change the company. We want him to change the community. We want him to change the nation. We wanted him to change the region. We want him to change the world when he changes people one at a time. Amen, somebody. You know, because of the 24-hour news cycle, we in everybody's business. We in the president's business, we in the congressman or woman's business, we're in, we in the governor's business, and we, we're, we're a Monday morning quarterback and saying how it should be done. And you don't know. You don't know what you would do if you were in that situation. But we can manage what is placed in our hands. We can manage our homes. We can, we can manage our resources. We can manage our hearts. We can manage our minds. We can manage our relationships. We can connect with our neighbors and friends and families. We can connect with God. With God. We can connect with God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. We can learn to worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen, somebody. You know, uh, there's a true story about uh, a young man when he was nine years old, uh, growing up uh, and uh, he, uh, he acquired mononucleosis at nine years old which required him to be quarantined for a summer for the entire summer he had to stay indoors and this is a rambunctious athletic outgoing kid and so now he's told he can't ride his bikes he can't participate in sports he can't play with the other kids. He's quarantined. He's cloistered off. He's, he's away from everybody else. But his father was a man of God. And, and his father, you know, owned a store and he sold guitars in his store. And, and what he did was he, he got him a guitar. And he began to, to, uh, to teach him chords. Every day he'd give him a new chord and he'd tell him to practice those chords all day long. And, and guess what? This young man develop this strong interest you know in Max Lucado's book Unshakable Hope is this story and and uh, he get he developed this strong interest and in, in this competency and this expertise and this skill and music and, and and by the end of the summer he's playing popular artist songs on his guitar and and he's beginning to write music amen and uh, this young man became one of the most sought after and well-known worship leaders in the world. Chris Tomlin. Chris Tomlin. And, and he's written uh, some worship songs that we currently do. Just worship songs that have spread the length and breadth of the world just because he was quarantined, cloistered, set off. And the father led him into pro pro productivity in downtime. Productivity in downtime. I'm going to ask Kirk to come just, just hit a a couple of lyrics of a couple of his songs. Is our God? Sing with me how great is our God. Oh, we'll see how great, how great. Praise him, praise him. Is our God. Come on, worship, worship for a few moments. He's that name. Come on, lift him, lift him, lift him. He's a great God. The second song. 
you know, another song he's, he's done is. Another uh, song says, it says, says our God is great. Yeah. Our God is stronger. Yeah. God, you are higher than any Come on, come on. Our God is healer, awesome and power. Our God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Say, our God, our God is greater. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Yeah. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome and power. God is with us, then what can stand again? And if our God is for us, then who can ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can yeah. stand again? Somebody shout, thank you, Lord. That's the God we serve. Amen. That's the God we serve. A God who has the power to give us productivity in downtime. A worship leader was birthed in downtime. A worship leader was birthed in quarantine. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, so God has the power to alleviate our fears and to meet our needs and, 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 and move us into places of prosperity and peace and allow us to even stand up. You know, Jesus stands up for us. I love the way he shows up, he stands up, he blesses. In Psalm 119, verse 28, it says, My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Amen. And uh, in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, this light momentary affliction is preparing us for eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Without compare, that's who God is. That's how powerful God is. Amen. So the Father wants to strengthen, guide, bless, and go with us. He wants us to have to be able to be able to be able to resist the influences of the enemy to be able to resist the influences of a bad crowd or bad company or even the prognosticators and the promoters and the media. Amen, somebody. We need to go deeper than, you know, what's being announced and ask Jesus to stand up in our lives, to stand up and give us a heart for people being saved, to stand up and give us a heart for forgiveness, stand up and give us a heart for repentance, and stand up and give us a heart for our neighbors, and stand up and give us a heart for worship, stand up and give us a heart to fight the good fight, stand up and give us a heart not to succumb to the enemy's temptations, to stand up and to be healed to the glory of God, to stand up and to become stronger, stronger through him. These are affirmations. These are meditations. These are confessions. The Word of God is replete of confessions and affirmations. You know, a lot of times we're looking at the meditations of the world. They're starting to pass out meditations. The Word of God is what we meditate on. The Word of God is our affirmations. And we stand firmly on the Word of God because God cannot lie. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. There's a little cute story about him. A young man, he's only nine years old, and, uh, and uh, he's in Garden Valley, Minnesota. And his dad takes him to, uh, to a, a meeting that President Obama is speaking at. So he actually plays hooky from school <laughs> and shows up, you know, one of the few young people at this meeting. And, uh, and so, uh, true story, uh, is told that President Obama saw him in the audience and realized that he was away from school. He asked one of his aides to bring him a card, one of his cards with his, with his presidential uh, you know, letterhead and seal on it. And he began to write a little note uh, for, the, for, the, for, the, for Tyler's teacher. And this is a note he wrote. He said, please excuse Tyler. He was with me, <laughs> President Barack Obama. Please excuse Tyler. For he was with me. Amen. 
See, see, he stood up for him. You know, it's a cute story about right and excuse, but the bottom line is God stands up for us. And when we're with him, when we're with him, everything is going to be all right. When we're with him, we don't have to be fearful, worried, or in fear of trepidation. When we're with him, we don't have to be doubtful or cynical. When we are with him, he takes care of our needs according to his riches and glory. When we are with him, he blesses us. When we are with him, he lifts us. When we are with him, he promises to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory. When we are with him, he says that we are the head and not the tail. When we are with him, we are blessed and highly favored. When we are with him, we are covered in the blood of the lamb. When we are with him, we are empowered and equipped to reach others for him. When we are with him, we don't have to worry about what we're going to say because he gives us, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to say what he inspires. When we're with him, everything is going to be all right. Come on, come on. Just stand all over your homes, and I want to invite somebody to make decisions for him. Amen to let Jesus intercede for you, to, to, to invite Jesus to be your focus, to, 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 to let Jesus redirect your attention and, and to allow Jesus to intervene, inter, intervene on your behalf. He's here, right here, right now. He's available, right here, right now. He's able, right here, right now. So I wanna invite somebody to take the next steps. The next step for you might be to connect with the church. The next step for you might be to make sure you cloister yourself in such a way where you receive Jesus and you're infilled by the Spirit of God because you pray to be born again and filled and you accept, receive, and embrace the salvation of Jesus Christ, the deliverance of the, of the Messiah, the King of Kings. He's available. He's here for us and with us. He said, I'll be with you. He speaks peace to the storms of Life. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. He speaks peace to the storms of life. So I want to ask God to, to invoke you, to implore you to make a decision. You can email us, info at rejoicingthelord.org, and say, I'm committing to Christ, and I want to connect to the church. You can also message us on Facebook. I, I'm, I'm, I'm redeciding. I saw a message in Facebook the other day of somebody recommitting recommitting to Jesus the Christ. And you can do that right where you are in virtual world. Make a decision. When, when, the, when the word goes out, it is to invoke a response. So respond to the word in your own way. Renew, recommit, rededicate, reaffirm your faith in Jesus. Amen. So the invitation is extended. Remember to use this medium to share, you know, email somebody a link later on, you know, you know, share it in there, you know, the, the services, the overall services in their entirety, but take advantage of this season. Uh, people are a little bit more receptive in this season, so that gives us a greater responsibility to plant seeds, to water seeds, and the Word of God says that our God will bring the increase, but we got to be ambassadors, emissaries, representatives of Jesus in all of our endeavors. So we invite you to become an invitor. We invite you to become an invitor to the glory of Almighty God.